This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Welcome to the SJP Wrestling Podcast. It has been a long time since I have said those words, I'll tell you that. And it is good to be back. I am over the moon to be doing this show again. After a little hiatus, shall we say. Real life sometimes gets in the way. It's a pain in the backside sometimes, but it's got to be done. On today's show, we are looking back at Money in the Bank 2011, a pay-per-view that i loved at the time um and my guest today also enjoyed as it was his selection to look at and with me today is um the guy who is putting up with my nonsense on chain wrestling on a regular basis uh, the, one of the head honchos from radio techers the texas gentleman himself mr tanner how are we doing sir Oh man, I'm I'm doing so well. It's it's an honor and a pleasure to actually be here with you doing this review, and um, I, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity uh, to to be recording with you today. No, that's, that's what I'm really glad to be talking to you as well. It's for the first time we've actually spoken properly, just as us, isn't it? I think you know I've sort yeah, of communicated. So. Yeah, yeah, I've <laughs> communicated with you like through, through the chat room when you're on air, and you've done the same back with chain wrestling. You've communicated with me that way, and and then there's obviously the the radio techers group chat discussion on twitter that everyone contributes to i think this is the first time i've ever actually sat and granted over the the wonderful technology we, we have in the world at the moment and, okay. and over one side of the pond to the other but it's the first time we've ever really sat and i suppose in a way face to face had a chat isn't it yeah uh, uh this is i'm i'm really excited about this again because i've watched you make content you've watched me make content and now we're making something special together here i can't imagine what mags must be feeling like uh, with uh, with his two podcasting wives sitting across <laughs> from each other having a chat without him being involved so uh, uh mags if you're listening uh cheers <laughs> uh, so as previously on the sjp wrestling podcast um the, the, the sort of ethos of the show, the sort of uh, the, the style of the show is looking back on a lot of old wrestling pay-per-views moments and so on. I chuck, I like to have a few interviews chucked in there as well. But my, my my favorite thing is looking back on old shows. And I always sort of say to people who who want to come on the show, 
there's two ways of doing it pick a pay-per-view you love or you remember very very well and we'll go back and look at it again or pick something you've never seen before and we can just jump on in and look at it that way um tanner you chose money in the bank 2011 very very topical i suppose 10 years this year and uh mr punk and so on potentially making a return to wrestling now um why exactly was it this pay-per-view just was was your option uh, well, really, kind of along the same lines as what you've described. It, it's okay. a very topical. Uh, it's been ten years uh, since this pay per view landed. Um, there's obviously the rumors as of the time of this recording about CM Punk uh, possibly going to AEW. Um, you know, uh, maybe uh, debuting in AEW in Chicago. I feel like there's a like AEW might be trying to recreate the vibe that um uh recreate the vibe that i guess that they they saw in money in the bank 2011 obviously cody was involved in that pay-per-view he we'll talk about him in just a moment i'm sure (laughs) um but uh but yeah this is one of those shows that really has always stood out to me for more than one way um I got into punk, CM Punk, very, very early. He's kind of one of those wrestlers. Everybody's got that one or 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 handful of wrestlers that like kind of flips the switch for them. And I was used to like watching WWE and TNA at the time in the mid two thousands. And then when you're on, when I was going on the wrestling boards uh, online, like all the forums, everybody's talking about the CM Punk versus Samoa Joe matches in Ring of Honor yeah. and like you know who is this guy CM Punk that I keep hearing about and so I get into Ring of Honor it, it, it was kind of like the 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 opening of the door so to speak into a larger world of wrestling that I wasn't familiar familiar with at the time and yeah like I said Punk's just one of those guys that's always stuck with me ever since then um even to the point to where when this show came out, Money in the Bank 2011, I was living with um, some roommates at the time my, in my first apartment. They are total non-wrestling fans. Do not know about wrestling, aren't into wrestling. Right. Whatever. <clears throat> but I told one of them, I was like, look, I know you don't care, but there's this guy, CM Punk. I think he's really cool, and I find this story behind this show to be highly intriguing. Uh-huh. And I explained to him the story, and he's like, "Well, that is actually pretty cool. Let's check it out." So, like, I feel like I helped convert non wrestling fans that day <laughs> yeah. by watching Money in the Bank. So, like, this one just—I don't know—it's it's just always had a special place in my heart, I guess. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I think CM Punk um, around this time he did that for a lot of people i think he brought people back into oh, there's plenty of um people i speak to for this show and just people on, t- on twitter or wherever we talk in general um who say that punk around this era was what brought them back into wrestling um so it, the crossover appeal i guess from this guy who probably in in the past would have been told you're not tall enough mm-hmm. you're not muscular enough mm-hmm. um you haven't got the right look all of a sudden, he to me, he at this stage, he's the biggest star in the business. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and and like you said, you know, you look at Punk. Uh, I mean, we we're looking at Punk with rose tinted glasses now, yeah. right? <laughs> but like, you look at Punk back then, and you're like, I mean, he's kind of cool. He's got really, he's he's got like that that punk rock look. Like his is his hair is cut a certain way, or he's got it slicked back. 
Uh, he he does uh, the mutton chops sometimes with his facial hair. So it, like he changes up his look constantly. Yeah. Um, he's covered in tattoos. You know, not a lot of the bit the guys that really broke it big are covered in tattoos at that time. Um, and he he just has a way of going about things. He has a way of handling himself and carrying himself in this confidence that I think that you just didn't find with anybody else outside of maybe John Cena or Randy Orton Uh at the time. Um, For me, and and I may be stretching here. I don't know. Um, For me, though, nobody had threatened, um, like, the establishment in the way that that CM Punk did with Vince McMahon, not even Stone Cold Steve Austin, really held Vince McMahon hostage in the way storyline wise that CM Punk did, and and maybe even a little bit in the way where in non kayfabe sense that that CM Punk did. So, like I said, I'm a huge fan of his. I feel as though this is just a very important show yeah. uh, to to me and my wrestling fandom personally. Yeah, I, I totally understand. I mean, I we'll, we'll get into the pay per view in a moment, but I watch the main event probably two or three times a year. I, I I love the crowd reaction. I love the the music that Punk's using. I, I love everything about it. It's just it's just it's just superb, and it is I think a really important moment in WWE's time scale in general. It leads mm-hmm. to uh, building up to this. Obviously, we've had the pipe bomb um, segment where Punk as he says, it breaks the fourth wall um, yeah. and tells a uh, sort of let's slip with a few things that, you know, sort of peek behind the curtain potentially, which you never really got in WWE to that level before. Mm-hmm. So that to me is, that, that to me is really spectacular at the time. Um, you get the brilliant segments with um, McMahon trying to negotiate new contracts with punk, mm-hmm. um, all the build up to this event. Then after this, you get punk coming back using cult of personality, the, title for title match with Cena. Um, and it just develops from there. And he, he's an absolute megastar at this stage. So I think this is a really sort of pinnacle evening, a really big moment in the whole time frame of WWE and Punk's career in general, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the pay-per-view itself then, initially broadcast on July 17th, 2011, um, from the Allstate Arena in Chicago which is very, very much CM Punk country, isn't it? As we can tell by the crowd. Um, <laughs> there's 14,815 listed as being in the building, and the buy rate was 195,000, which isn't a massive, massive number. But at the same time, I think it was a time when fans were just starting to come back. So those numbers would improve over the next few months with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um we start the show with a really great opening video package, don't we? Explaining mm-hmm. the whole punk, um, the whole punk angle, I guess, uh, and snippets and cuts of punk saying things in his in his interviews and his pipe bomb moments and so on. There's no one in wrestling or in lots of different forms of entertainment that do these video packages as well as the WWE, is there? No, I mean they they really and truly have made it their own uh since the beginning, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't remember a time when uh you know WCW did a video package as well as WWE. There's no, I can't think of a TNA video package that's ever been done as well as WWE. No. There's been few on the indie circuit that I can think of, but 
generally speaking, WWE does the most if if they do anything right they do the most to get you bought into a show with a really nice video package yeah and the, the use of music and and so on is always absolutely brilliant um again we get a similar package just for the main event we'll touch upon it quickly now just while it's in my mind i actually called my youngest daughter downstairs to come and watch the video package and the entrances to the main event okay. um and she's not seen this before Oh. And she's she's wrestling crazy. She's AEW crazy. She hears me talk about CM Punk all the time to the point where my wife banned the mention of his name in the house for a period because <laughs> she got that that fed up with me. Whenever a show was in Chicago, I'd be like, "Oh, what if Punk comes back?" And it got to the yeah. stage where my you, my wife just got her hair off of me. So <laughs> you, you, you make you make a special moment out of it. You get a Chicago style pizza. You make it. Yeah, that, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's it. Nice. Um, and and the video packages I think are so good. My little girl who, when this happened, would have been uh, one year old. So she's got no clue about it at all. Um, Mm -hmm. She knew the whole story and what was going on just by their recap package. And I think that's, again, a big difference between WWE and, as you said, WCW back in the day. I I watch a lot of old WCW for um, certain events and certain um, podcasts and so on. And when you look at their video packages... Obviously, they're out, been out of business a long time by this stage, but you look at their video packages, they don't recap anywhere near as well, do they? It's all, it's also like they, you don't need to be watching the weekly television with WWE. Just watch no. the pay per view and, and the recap, and you're done, I guess. Right. It's almost like the, the, the Raws and SmackDowns are just a, a vehicle for advertisements, whereas you could just literally watch the pay-per-views and be okay with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the storytelling that they did, uh, that they do in their video packages is often fantastic, obviously. But especially for this one, I feel as though they, for the video package here for Money in the Bank 2011, they had to set the right tone. They had to set the right message about how important the main event is, what it means uh, for for WWE as a whole, for you as a fan to watch this show, that this is a very high-stakes evening and mm. they, they they did a really good job at projecting um not only the importance of the match but the importance of cm punk right this this night is literally and i can't think of too many other occasions where it's like this but this night is literally all, pretty much built around him every little facet yeah. that they did is built around cm punk all the way up to the main event yeah and you can tell this with the crowd because all the way through the event uh, some some suitable moments and some maybe not so suitable. We're getting that traditional CM Punk chant that we are still hearing in arenas today, even though at time of recording, yes. Punk hasn't wrestled for what seven, eight years, and people are still chanting his name. So it's it's really spectacular how he, I suppose, got an attachment with the fans. I guess on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, something I noticed today, and again, I said I, I watched the main event and bits of this show a couple of times a year. It wasn't literally until today, watching it back, that I realized that the Titatron, the big screen at the, yeah. at the front, is a briefcase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did, I've never said, honestly, I, I'm, sat there, I'm, I'm sat there and I put it on and I just went, huh. And I had to rewind it a little bit. That's a bloody briefcase. Have I not seen that before? <laughs> <laughs> they, they do They do little things like that. They hide it really well. Um, like, I mean, I, I didn't notice that 
for a long time myself. Rewatching it yesterday, you know, I mean, you do get the, the little props and everything that they set mm. up a- around the ring, and you know, uh, we're used to seeing Money in the Bank with them putting the ladders down the aisle, yeah. but it is that those little nice little little uh, Easter eggs almost that uh, that they put in there for you. Yeah, that's it. I, I was like, how have I never noticed that before? That's insane. <laughs> um, <laughs> our opening contest is the first Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, this one is for the SmackDown title or the World Heavyweight title contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have Cody Rhodes, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, Kane, Sinkara, Sheamus, Wade Barrett, and Daniel Bryan. Ah. Now, I'm not going to lie. When they started coming out at the start... I'm thinking this is a real messy ragtag bunch of guys, isn't it? I mean, you yeah. don't, Kane's in a lot of ladder matches, which surprises me, but I'm always still shocked to see him in them because of his size and the way he wrestles. <laughs> and then you've got the likes of Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, who I suppose never really did anything of substance, I guess, in their careers. Um, yeah, just really a real ragtag bunch, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it, it surprised me. I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, no, yeah, this was a, a pretty pretty good quality show, I feel. Um, this one here for me, uh, to, to kick off this show and to kick it off with this match, it is surprising because you've got four different members of the Nexus that then went on to, was it three or is it four? Um, I know you named Wade Barrett, you named off uh, Justin Gabriel, yeah, uh, Heath Slater. Heath Slater, yeah. And then I guess you could count Daniel Bryan if you wanted to. I guess yeah. he's like OG Nexus kind of, sort of. Um, but like, you've got those four in the match, and you're kind of like, okay, well, I, I, I get Daniel Bryan. I even get Kane to the extent. Uh, but like Justin Gabriel, uh, Heath Slater, Wade Barrett, that's a little bit of a roll of the dice. Um, they're obviously trying to get you bought into the new guys at the time. Mm. You know, they're trying to make the Nexus members probably get a, a sizable push at least to try and recoup on their investment um but yeah no this this was a ton of fun cody uh was really engaging daniel bryan was uh really really engaging and, and i think that maybe is also helped propped up by like chicago is um i, I mean and this hurts as a texan to say this but chicago <laughs> is kind of like that quintessential wrestling town almost even even in my mind even more so than new york because with chicago it's like the intersection between the midwest and the the east coast and wrestling just passes through chicago all the time right. whether it's ring of honor whoever uh wwe aw now whoever but for 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 Daniel Bryan, you know, people recognize him the same way that they recognize CM Punk because of how often Daniel Bryan had been in Chicago prior to WWE. So he himself gets a really, really good reaction here from the yeah. crowd. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned Cody there as well. And, and this is something that is it's more of a personal thing for me than, I suppose, a, a, a definite you know, rule or whatever, I guess. But I got a big issue with wrestlers who don't wear who wear trunks and no knee pads. I think it just <laughs> yeah. I mean it just looks weird. If you if you're in if you're in trunks and you, obviously you get different styles and shapes and sizes of boots, don't you? So if uh, you're in trunks and you've got, say, smaller wrestling boots on, yeah, and and you're in knee pads, you look like a wrestler. 
if you're in trunks and those smaller boots with no knee pads, to me, you just look like a bloke in your pants. You know, yeah. it just, I, it, I just, I, it, I've just never really, I've sort of, it just looks weird. It just looks really yeah. strange. <laughs> Except me, world, you know, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> here, here I am in all of my glory. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the no knee pads thing is, is a little bit strange. I mean, there, there's still dudes who do it now, I yeah. guess. But like, I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like the the long the long uh, pants is is a better move for Cody now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, we get a few. Well, I, I suppose both sides of the coin here. I guess we get the moments that stand out in a ladder match or or money in the bank match with, with spectacular stunts, mm-hmm. um, including like Sin Cara getting powerbombed through that ladder. And he's, he's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I thought I thought the guy's dead, isn't he? Surely he gets carried out and everything. It's it's not a good look. Um, uh-huh. A really cool Doomsday device, the the old Legion of Doom move from Kane and Sheamus on Daniel Bryan. That was that was a lovely lovely spot there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also get moments. I suppose it's the nature of the beast because there's a lot of moving parts in these matches, aren't there? With so many people and people having to queue up the next moment that they're supposed to be working towards. But it takes me out of the takes me out of the match a touch when you get people standing there waiting to get hit. Or there was a moment where I think it was Justin Gabriel, I may be wrong, but I think it was Justin Gabriel, who was stood on the outside of the ring holding the ladder on the apron, waiting for the baseball slide to hit him. But he was there for only a couple of seconds, but that couple of seconds really sort of took me out the moment because he's obviously waiting for his opponent to kick him. And it kind of ruins my my suspension of disbelief. I think does that make any sense? No, yeah, it makes total sense. Um, you know, I, obviously uh, th- these guys are not entirely actors. Uh, mm. I, I wish that I wish that they did have some like a- acting classes or improv classes down at the the old NXT facility in, in in Orlando. That way, so like maybe he's like fiddling with the ladder just to buy time or like maybe reading the instructions off the side of it I, that'd, be, that'd be fun um but like yeah like do something like to, yeah. to not make yourself look so obvious yeah i, I yeah, totally, totally. Know what you're saying um <laughs> or at least maybe have the camera cut differently i mean wwe bloody love their camera cuts now don't they we uh, could maybe yeah. you could do something like the, the live crowd are always going to pick up on certain aspects and you hope the atmosphere of the live crowd maybe hides that for them watching mm-hmm. on television I, I think the cameraman and the direction can really help out the performers in these scenarios the same goes for when um justin gabriel not justin gabriel sorry um in the later um money in the bank match when Evan Bourne performs a shooting star press off the top of a ladder to the floor. Mm-hmm. That I felt there's a lot of people stood milling around waiting to catch him as is normal, mm-hmm. but they kind of hid it a little bit with the way the camera angle was before it happened. I think maybe they could have helped a couple of the guys out in this match more with, with the clever sort of camera angles and the shooting of certain moments. If, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it does feel as though maybe they were a little bit slow on slower on the draw uh, on the opening match for whatever reason. Who knows? Um, but I mean, there there were were really good moments of spectacle still in this match that were 
caught well. Um, like, I, I, this is not maybe as spectacular as um, some of the other moments that are in the match, but you know, near the end when Daniel Bryan is basically, you know, he's working submissions on the ladder. Mm. I was like, oh man, like this is this is actually like pretty cool stuff as far as like a, a wrestling, like just being a wrestling fan watching that. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool, um, you know. But like, it, it it also felt like it was shot very well too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, ultimately, we have Daniel Bryan getting the win. Um, when we have Cody, Daniel Bryan, and Wade Barrett on top of the ladder all together, and they sort of they're exchanging strikes, and eventually they all kind of fall away, leaving Daniel Bryan to collect the briefcase and win to, to a really good reaction from the crowd. There's a big pop for this, isn't there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, Daniel Bryan, you know, he's very well known in Chicago even prior to WWE. So I I was really pleased with uh, the reaction that he got. Um, You know, obviously, this is is a big moment for him um, in in his career in WWE as well. So it it makes a lot of sense. Um, One thing I did want to touch on before we exit out of this match here. Mm On commentary, uh, Michael Cole is just laying waste to Daniel Bryan's reputation, (laughs) and it it does not hold up very well in the modern sense of things, and there is also a tad bit of irony as the night goes on when they start doing the Be A Star advertisements, Yeah, um, and they have Daniel Bryan in there, and they're talking about anti-bullying and everything like that. It's it's very, um, it's kind of cringe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I was just like, really like we're, we're, this is drawing focus away from the match. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like, obviously this is Vince McMahon saying these things in the Michael Cole's ear. Right. And like, oh, he's a nerd. And like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, what a doofus or whatever, yeah. whatever they say about him. Like he's, they're running him down throughout the whole entire match. It's kind of a turnoff. But like you can easily tell when it's Cole and when it's Cole as Vince, if that yeah. makes sense. And it just like that was that was the one thing that kind of ruined the match for me. No, I can get on board with that. I can. Go. I mean, we'll talk about the commentary team now. I suppose since you brought it up, it was a weird time. I think because Cole was almost dipping his toe in the water as trying to be like a heel character, and he wrestled Jerry Lawler around mm-hmm. this time. I think. Um, mm-hmm. So then you've got. Jerry Lawler, who traditionally is the the sort of edgier, almost heel type on on the commentary team for so many years alongside Jim Ross. Yeah. He's now all of a sudden being viewed more like a a baby face, being viewed more um, favorably, I guess, because we're legend status as well. It's difficult to boo these guys when they've been around as long as they have. And then you've got Booker T, who, let's be honest, I don't think commentary is his forte, is it? I don't think so. Um, I, I feel as though this was maybe a better night for him than other nights, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Booker T does not necessarily come across the guy, even though uh, even though he has a ton of charisma. I think he's better at talking on the mic now than what he ever was as a wrestler. And I think this is still him trying to break into that. Mm-hmm. Um as far as like putting wrestlers at the commentary booth, there there would have been a ton of other wrestlers I would have named before Booker yeah. T. <laughs> um, but they, I, I think that he held his own at least tonight, uh, and and he does get better as the show goes on. 
Yeah, yeah, fair point. After this, we have Vince, John Laurinaitis, and a lawyer arriving mm. um, because they're still adamant they're going to get Punk to sign that pesky contract, aren't they? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to our next match, which is Brie Bella versus Kelly Kelly for the Divas title. There's not much really to go on here, I don't think. I mean, both ladies, you can see, work quite hard. Mm. I was never a big fan of Kelly Kelly as an in-ring competitor myself. One thing that did stand out to me, though, was when the Bellas came out, I couldn't tell which one was which. Now, nowadays, or, or when you see them in later runs, you can there's there's various differences to, to be able to separate which twin is which. But at this stage in their career, I couldn't tell which one was which. Yeah, yeah, it was... Um... It, it was a, a decent. Well, I'll, I'll touch on the match first. It was a decent enough match. Um, I think the, if I recall correctly, I think this had to do with a Maxim photo shoot that Kelly Kelly was a part of, and there was some jealousy as well as her being the champion. I think right. that was the story. So not because um, a wrestler is chasing winning a title. Then it's about a bloody photo. No. Yeah. yeah, it's about okay. a photo. Shoot. This, is, <laughs> this is very much still. Divas era territory, unfortunately, yeah. as far as the story arc for for women is concerned. So it is just like one of those things where it's like ah, uh, but yeah, I, I thought that uh, I, I thought that the the heel work by the Bellas was really really good. And as as far as them like being indistinguishable goes, like yeah, it's 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 very much um, one of those things where I think they they hit the nail on the head by getting them to like dress slightly differently, so you can be like, oh, that's you know, yeah, that, that's that's Brie, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, very much the uh, the Noel and Liam Gallagher of the uh, WWE at the time. <laughs> I, I don't think they've uh, got anywhere near the level of talent that the Gallagher's have to be <laughs> perhaps not perhaps not <laughs> um, the only other real sort of uh, <laughs> the only other sort of note that, that I have on this match is that the finish kind of comes out of nowhere with a funny looking kind of standing leg drop effort from Kelly Kelly yeah. to no reaction from the crowd and no yeah. reaction from the, the three guys on commentary either. Everyone just kind of goes, well, that was that then. And they move on. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, mm, it, it, it's just a, not, not a very good match. No. Um, and I, I'll say that as far as it's being like, I, I hate to, to say it's more on one than the other, but it does feel as though, it, it's more on Kelly Kelly as far as her, you know, the, I guess not being as astute of a wrestler, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this. It, it, if you had to pass a match here on this show, ladies and gentlemen, this this would be the match to pass on. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're spot on there. From I suppose two attractive, slim young ladies, we go to the other end of the scale. Very much so in our next contest, <laughs> two massive, massive burly blokes <laughs> with the Big Show versus Mark Henry. And I'm not going to lie, when I saw they run this little, I, I I try and watch these shows back cold i guess i literally put it on and press play i don't look at the card beforehand yeah some of them i can always remember you know wrestlemania 17 i could probably run through the card right now because i've seen it so many times but this event it's very much the the main event i go back and watch so everything else on the undercard some of it i could remember some of it i couldn't this match i couldn't remember until they literally started running the the promo package for it and they started coming to the ring Uh, i'm not gonna lie Big Show versus Mark Henry, and my heart sank a little bit, and I was like, oh, should I just go make a cup of tea? It's, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't inspire me right away, but I'd, I'd be, yeah, 
they partially won me over by the end. Yeah, I mean, this was not a, a, a bad match, per se. Like, I, I really did feel, um, you know, a little bit discouraged watching it. And then uh, the, the video package came up, and I was like, oh, okay, well, this might be interesting. They're really selling, like, the uh, you know the, these two behemoths squaring off one-on-one. Mm. And um, I've, I've met Mark Henry before. Um, oh, okay. And, and and he is a rather uh, large gentleman. He's a very strong gentleman. Um, and and I'm picturing him and the Big Show kind of in the ring um, as as they're doing this and trying to envision. Okay, well I know how big Mark Henry is. How big is Big Show? Big Show being very very big himself. Um, I was like, oh okay, this is this is interesting. This is interesting. Decent enough match. I, I, I yeah. feel like. I mean, if you didn't know exactly how big these guys were, by God, Michael Cole made sure he told you. Um, Dude, he gave over, you all the stats. Oh, he gave you thigh he gave measurements. You the, yeah, he gave you the thighs. I was like, that's a weird like, yeah, like go to right away. Like, I don't know if you want to be like, yeah, their thighs are measured in this place. Yeah, and Jerry Lawler straight away jumped on it. How do you measure a thigh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. Um, yeah, and then the the chest and um, the shoe size, because obviously that's very very relevant in a wrestling contest. How big your boots are. Um, <laughs> and it, to me, it starts very slowly. It's it, it, you're not going to see lots of, I suppose, technical catches, catch can wrestling from these two. It's two big brutes. Oh yeah, just beating the piss out of each other, isn't it? <laughs> it starts relatively slowly. Just two guys, massive fellas, smacking each other around. Um, they end up outside, and Mark Henry knocks the steps into Big Show's knee, which kind of turns the tide in his favor. But he mm-hmm. does this by hitting potentially the, the lowest, smallest, slowest drop kick I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> his yeah, feet, his body obviously drops because he's doing a drop kick. His body goes down, but his yeah. feet, I think, get about a yard off the floor. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if 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 that, I mean, it was very, um, it's very low, yeah. um, <laughs> but it was it was. I was at least impressed that he like mentally went in that direction and was like, "Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this drop kick real quick." Yeah, um, yeah it, it, there there was some impressive feats of strength that you know, obviously, um, like the 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 world strongest slam. Uh, yeah, being done. That, was, that was that was brilliant. That was really, really good. Um, obviously, the finish is, you know, I mean, you can you can take it or leave it. Um, but the the CM Punk chants by the crowd they were they were well into wanting to get to the main event. I, I think mm-hmm. uh, sitting through this match here, yeah, definitely. And you're and you're right, Tanner. You're spot on that the we have two world strongest slams, two splashes. Mark Henry wins. Um, Roughly six minutes on the clock, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So it didn't overstay its welcome. They got in, did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, Mark Henry gave a beat down to Big Show and used a chair to bust up his leg and so on. Yeah. Um, and that was that. So I suppose it, it furthered the storyline between them. It served its purpose. Didn't overstay yeah. its welcome. I was okay with it. Yeah, if you're a if you're a sucker for a, a good injury angle, stick around to the end because it's a yeah. it's a it's a good time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, um, Big Show really sold the heck out of the beat down that Mark Henry gave him post match, and obviously the, the the crowd the crowd wanted no part of it. But they didn't like, But like they were, uh, you know, they sent down the EMTs and they were like struggling with the Big Show, like because he's so big um, mm. <laughs> but yeah this was this was fun uh, they sent a little um a little sort 
golf cart with a platform on the back kind of effort, didn't they, for him to get on rather than a stretcher as well? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, brilliant stuff. <laughs> um, oh my God. After that chaos, uh, we have our second Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, it may mm. feel like, uh, to anyone listening, that we're sort of skipping through the undercard relatively quickly. There mm. is a reason for that, because the undercard does pass by relatively quickly. I mean, we look at the, the match times, the Money in the Bank match was 25 minutes, granted. Mm-hmm. But the next three matches all clock in 15 minutes or under. Sorry, the next four matches click in yeah, before we get to the main event. And the main event takes up, well, I think I, on the network, it's like 47 minutes of the end of the program. So the undercard is very quick getting to the reason we're here, I guess. The raw money in the bank ladder match for a WWE championship contract is between Alex Riley, Evan Bourne, Jack Swagger, Kofi Kingston from Ghana currently, apparently, um, The yeah. Miz, R-Truth, <laughs> Rey Mysterio, and Alberto Del Rio. This got a really unique start, hasn't it? Because they all just start grabbing ladders and just stand mm. in the ring, holding ladders, waiting for everyone else. It's quite, it's, it's quite the visual, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They 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 all kind of make a beeline. Um, uh, Truth being stuck in the ring with a, a very small ladder, um, <laughs> trying to go for it. Yeah, there's a little nice comedic touch there uh, with, with our truth um, at the beginning. Um, but yeah, this was um, uh, th- this was also a little bit of a blast from the past. I, we talked about how in the first Money in the Bank match it was um, like more nexus centric and i guess at the time it would have been like the core i guess is what they were going mm-hmm. by and then they broke up it was a whole thing but this one here they seem to have just tried to build the raw money in the bank ladder match functionally like in a way it's like okay we've got jack swagger he can be your power guy we've got alberto del rio He's your finesse guy, right? Um, the Miz and Alex Riley, they have a rivalry right now, so we're going to put them in. And then we've got Kofi, uh, you know, Mysterio, uh, R-Truth, and um, Evan Bourne, and they can they can do some flying and some really cool spots. So let's try and, like, make something out of this. Uh, so it felt less thrown together than the SmackDown one. Um, but it also clocked in a lot shorter too, which is um, really, really interesting. Yeah, it was a good ten minutes shorter, wasn't it? I don't know if they were sort of concerned about running out of time getting halfway through the show, but I can't say they would be. There's still plenty of plenty of television time or pay per view time available to them at the very beginning. I mean, well, before we even get to the, the beginning where they all target Dal Rio, Alex Riley. I completely forgot about that fella. But yeah. what an entrance theme he has! What an entrance theme that is a banger, isn't it? Yeah, he's got he's got a good theme. Uh, yeah. the, the, he was he was surprisingly well received by the crowd. Like you you look at like uh, who all is on like the the card and who all's in the match and who they've cheered for so far and who so, who they've booed so far tonight. And Alex Riley wouldn't have been on my list to get a, a pop, but he, he certainly did here, and I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah, I mean, he's just come out of the feud with uh, the Miz, hasn't he? Because he was like his, the Miz's second or the Miz's assistant, and the, he parted ways. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I think that's that kind of you, you part almost like Virgil with a million dollar man back in the day. You you part ways with the bad guy who's in charge. Mm. And you got to kind of sink or swim. And the charisma wasn't quite there, I don't think. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, if he... I think he had the, the, the Vince look. I think that he was in, you know, with the Miz. So there was a little bit of that that rub, I guess, mm-hmm. that yeah. because of Miz's high profile, hey, let's try and do something with Alex Riley. But outside of him having this feud with the Miz, there's really not much else that we knew about Alex Riley, right? Mm. Um, you know, I mean, they were partners. They, I think they even may have been tag champions at one time. I, I'll, 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 I'll check that. I'll, I'll to, yeah, I'll have to look at that. You might be right, actually. You know, it does ring a bell. But, yeah, they, they seemingly did not have um, much else for Alex Riley to do after, um, after this feud with the Miz. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Everyone targets Del Rio early on with their ladders straight off the bat. They all they all go for Del Rio. Del Rio goes out the ring and they all start throwing ladders at him. Um, everybody ganging up on Del Rio. It's almost like they sort of telegraphed what we would find out about him in later years, isn't it? I guess. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get some great spots. The the the, the, the aforementioned Evan Bourne shooting star press on the outside. That was a real sort of why moment for me because the height he got from that. Um, mm. humans of people battling, top, battling away and swing back and forth and a few moments where they kind of the, the ladders actually do tip over don't they and, and they, they they fall away yeah yeah there's some there's some neat spots here for sure um i think there was a there's also a an injury angle somewhat early on where um the the miz yep has to leave the match and then he makes it he makes a grand comeback which also resonated well with the crowd even though they liked Alex Riley so much <laughs> so like I think the I think the crowd just wanted to have fun um which is yeah, obviously brilliant um so yeah I mean the, the Miz leaving and then him having to come back and you know um <laughs> you know tries to prevent Alex Riley from winning that was fun that um <laughs> some good spots from from Rey Mysterio <laughs> who got booed <laughs> after trying to stop the Miz there's no reason to boo Rey Mysterio but he gets booed for preventing the Miz from <laughs> from winning this uh, this match and I think the crowd was just wanting to have some fun tonight I I think uh very very um very irony heavy crowd I think yeah yeah that was quite funny because obviously the Miz has always been incredibly disliked so hearing them boo Mysterio for that because <laughs> Mysterio is like I don't think he's ever worked as a bad guy in his whole life so. <laughs> oh yeah I uh, never recalled Rey Mysterio heel turn ever no no it's almost Ricky Steamboat levels of, of goodness there <laughs> absolutely um, good comparison I like that yeah, it's right in my wheelhouse. Like it's proper old school, you know. <laughs> the finish comes when everybody on top of the ladder, everyone's like on top of a ladder, battling away, trying to grab the briefcase. And similar, I suppose, to the other Money in the Bank match earlier in the show, but that one only had the three people at the top. This one's got all the competitors. People start getting picked off one by one, falling away. Mm. And so we're left with um, Del Rio and Rey Mysterio. And rather than punching or whatever, brilliantly, Dario swipes the mask off him. So straight away, Ray covers his face up, and it's enough of a distraction to cause Dario to be able to get the briefcase eventually after they both kind of take a tumble and so on. I thought this was quite a unique, clever finish. Yeah, I think it was uh, it was well done. They have seemed to have repeated this 
a lot over the years. So you know, if you're if this is the first time that you've uh, that you're watching the show, or if you're going back like like we are and rewatching the show after a while, um, then yeah, I mean, you might be like, oh yeah, I've kind of seen that before. But like for for the time, it was actually really unique finish here, and Del Rio. I mean, as much as, uh, you know, in the modern day, he's um, very much disliked. I, mm. I, I feel like at the time, he was the right pick to win this match. Yeah. Um, especially considering the, the other people involved. Ray, you know, I mean, he it didn't feel like the right move for him just yet, even though he would get a significant opportunity shortly after this. Um, yeah, I... I, I I feel like you had to put it on Del Rio. Um, mm-hmm. Alex Riley was getting the push, but nowhere near you know the caliber um, that some of the others were offering. Um, yeah, Del Rio had to win this one. I, I think Del Rio could have been something really special. Uh, he, he had a great look. He had the charisma. He was he was good on the microphone. He was a, a good enough wrestler, a good enough worker as well. Mm. Um, with that sort of Latin um, audience. He could have been something huge, I think, if he wasn't just such a dick and just kind of blew it all. I suppose, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got some demons um, that he needs to to deal with, and um, yeah, it's very, very sad the way that it all kind of fell apart. Um, but he did it to himself ultimately, um, and that's. Uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that makes it all the worse. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so Dario is your Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder. Bear that in mind, because that does pop up a bit later on. Um, mm, <laughs> yeah. <indeed>. Uh, <laughs> after this, we get what I think is a little bit of an overlooked contest. A little Because because of the main event being as, as big and as brilliant and as well-remembered as it is, I think this kind of gets lost in the shuffle or overlooked somewhat. This is a bit of a, a low-key banger for me. Uh, Christian um, faces Randy Orton, who is the World Heavyweight Champion, for the World Heavyweight title, with the added stipulation that if Orton gets disqualified, uh, Christian can win the title that way as well. Yeah. Um, they go 12 minutes, 12 and a half minutes. And, and yes, okay, it's very much a WWE-style match. Um, it's very, very much literally WWE ticking the boxes for what they do. But I really enjoyed this. Yeah, this was um, this was really interesting. I think this is the third in a trilogy of matches that Christian yeah. and Randy Orton have here um, it, o- over the course of uh, the summertime. Um, I, they may even continue to feud after this one. I'm not 100%. I'll have to go back and check my, my records. Um, but what what's, what's funny here is that we've talked all show about um, kind of how how this match or the this show rather ten years on how it looks now and how much irony it is that it's ten years after that Punk is possibly rumored going to mm. AEW and kind of like you know all the uh, the allure of Chicago and you know all this you know with this show here, um, but. Outside of the main event, this match here also has a lot to look at. Obviously, Randy Orton, still a pretty big star in a lot of ways. One of the bigger stars that WWE has. Uh, Christian has 
you know, he's now left WWE and has gone to um, uh, AEW, whereas this was maybe soon after here, Money in the Bank 2011-wise, he had just been coming back from TNA, um, oh. you know, to, to, to kind of do uh, this run here with Randy Orton. Um, Edge then had just retired. Edge now has come back into the fold. So there's a lot of really interesting yeah. things that you can go back in and compare uh, notes on here for this match. I would also say stylistically, um, this match is really, really interesting because you have Randy Orton, who is obviously a supremely talented wrestler, but one who is notorious for, um, I'm not going to say laziness, but you have to kind of like, I guess he has to be coaxed. It feels like he has to have something that he needs to, that, that feels important that he needs to like really get up for. Right. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. And on the other end, you have Christian, who has been, uh, you know, this reputable, um, like, work machine, basically. Like, somebody who's, like, supremely gifted as far as his his work rate is concerned. And, yeah, I, I feel like these two really actually fit each other very, very well for this match. Yeah, totally. Um, we get all the... I suppose the Orton high spots, the ticking of all the boxes. We get the DD the draping DDT off the ropes. We get an RKO attempt again and again. Um, the the scoop sort of almost snap power slam he does yes. when somebody runs. Oh, that is just fantastic! The timing of that and mm-hmm. just so good. His um, drop kick. His drop yeah, ah, uh, the height he gets on that. Yeah, that's like that's like Mister Perfect quality of drop yeah. kick. And Mister Perfect's got you know unreal. Yeah, every, everybody raves about Okada's drop kicks, and those are great. But mm-hmm. I mean, Randy Orton drops a pretty good drop kick himself. So I, you know, I'd love to see a drop kick contest between those two. Yeah, just random targets on a wall or something. Yeah, just exactly. <laughs> <laughs> moving, pivoting around. Yeah. Like, you got to hit it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and again, it's it's very WWE style match, but there's nothing wrong with that when it's done as well as this. It is it is it is superb. Um, the whole disqualification stipulation is obviously going to come into play. They're playing on Randy Orton having issues controlling his temper. Christian's trying to tempt him into getting disqualified very early on by giving him a chair and turning his back, which I thought was a lovely little touch in the storytelling there. Mm-hmm. Um, we end up with, rather disgustingly, Christian spitting in Orton's face, which causes Orton to lose this rag a bit, which you can fully understand. Start punching... Yeah. Uh, the referee's got to drag Orton off Christian. And then I think Christian becomes the only wrestler to ever win a world title by getting kicked in the bollocks. <laughs> I don't think there's many others that have done that. <laughs> that, that, that sounds about right. Um, Nakamura came really, really close against AJ Styles when they yeah. had, that, when they had <laughs> that's their That's true, food. that's true. Um, but, but I think Christian is the only one. That's a, that's a very... That's a very interesting stat that not a lot of people. I can't really think get. of any. If anyone else can think of any wrestlers who won a world title by getting a, a hit in the balls, please let us know on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Orton goes crazy afterwards and RKO's Christian on a table a couple of times, and but ultimately Christian walks out with that beautiful big gold belt and begins in my mind, a slightly overdue title run. I think he was good enough to be in that spot, so it's great to see. I'm a big mm-hmm. Christian fan, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I feel like he always got the, his due 
elsewhere. Uh, mm, like yeah. he was always appreciated elsewhere outside of WWE more, and and that's really um, uh, like like it's it's that's a really kind of tragic thing almost is that you know, he built his bones in WWE and he's really kind of always been a bit of a WWE guy, but when he leaves elsewhere, like you know he's just super celebrated and beloved. Um, so yeah, I mean, this was definitely well deserved on his part. You know, congratulations to Christian on this this win here. Um, but but yeah, um, I, I wish he had more of these moments for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so that brings us to, I suppose, why we're here the the main event of the evening: yeah. CM Punk challenging John Cena for the WWE Championship. Um, Punk's contract is expiring at midnight on the night of the show, we're told. Um, if Punk wins and walks out with the WWE Championship, uh, Vince McMahon's made it very clear, John Cena will be fired. Um, this is just fantastic from start to finish, isn't it? The video package beforehand really sets the mood. The fact that when they come back from the video package, they just let the crowd go for a good 30 seconds before anyone's music hits and you can just hear the CM Punk, CM Punk building and building and to, to like the building is the arena is shaking mm-hmm. and then kill switch starts um, yeah. CM Punk's music at the time and the place just comes unglued yeah. and then it comes unglued again when they actually see him it's, yeah. you know, it's also you get the double pop and ah uh, oh, Tanner this is just absolutely bloody insane isn't it this crowd reaction well, and, and oh man, like this is this is one of those things where it's just done so well, and you gotta you gotta tip your hat to CM Punk because he 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 did this all so right. There's the delay of him even coming out. You know the the crowd builds as you said. It gets very very loud in mm-hmm. that arena, and. You know, like you said, this fire burns by Killswitch Engage hits, and you know you, you get the the opening riff going, and it, it is a it, it it's it's not like that music hits and then CM Punk just like runs out and is like ah surprise it's me right <laughs> he 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 strolls out, mm-hmm. which you know is actually really. Um, really kind of telling. It's almost like it's it, it's like um, very very. I don't, I don't want to call it villainous, but there is like this coolness to it. Yeah, it's definitely. Like this, this almost like a disregard of the um, I, I guess of what it what's going on around him. Very very cool. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, in this moment, and he's just kind of strolling out. And then he takes in the crowd. He does the. He looks at his his wrist. Does the it's clobber in time. Yeah. And then the crowd just erupts more. And then he goes in, and is then embracing this moment as he's coming to the arena. Uh, he gets in the ring. Uh, he he he's on the the turnbuckles and he's 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 getting he's waving to the crowd to get louder. He hops into the ring. He's applauding the crowd as he walks around the ring. He goes out of the ring and then like uh, hugs his mom and his sister, and then right next to them is Colt Cabana and Ace Steel from uh, his Ring of Honor days. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like as far as entrances go, this is probably one of the best entrances that you'll ever see at a wrestling show, 
bar none, period. Yeah, it, it's absolutely superb. I could literally just watch the entrance again and again and again. I'm a big Kill Switch fan anyway, so that's yeah. a bonus for me. But um, it's just so good. I mean, and, and again, along with, um, I'm not saying he's necessarily as good in the ring as Michaels and Flair. But Punk is up there as one of my all-time favorites alongside Michaels and Flair. Michaels and Flair are probably just a, a smidge above, but Punk is one of my all-time favorites. So seeing this again and again, I just I just absolutely love it. On the other side of that coin... Sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to, just uh, real quick, before we, we move on to uh, his opposite number here in this match. Um, I, I, th- I think that it's really intriguing that you bring up Michaels and Flair alongside mm-hmm. CM Punk. Um, because I think the one thing that all three of them have in common, maybe less so with Michaels, but 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 not to his detriment. I think they are all supremely smart wrestlers. They they're they're just like like their number one attribute is not how physical they are, how big they are, you know what their move set is, um, or their their strength or their speed. It's really about how smart they are, and this is definitely a prime example. This match here of, of CM Punk proving that. Yeah, that's the interesting way of looking at it. I mean, I suppose all all three of those guys, none of them are, are giants. None of them are muscle mountains. None of them are six foot seven or anything like that. Mm. Um, but yet they all different eras, different times, and different ways were at the top of their game top of the business so yeah that's a really interesting interesting way of looking at it um cena comes out to one of the biggest courses of booze i think i've ever heard <laughs> that was phenomenal and again this yeah. this moment um, my youngest daughter was watching with me and i'm sort of half watching her at the corner of my eye as she sat on the sofa next to me to see her reactions to this and when the booze for cena started her face just dropped she couldn't believe that the, the, the uh, almost the hatred that was coming his way it was yeah. it, uh, just again fantastic atmosphere just brilliant stuff isn't it yeah they, they did a great job of like not only building cm punk but making john cena because of cm punk's pipe bomb promo uh, they they made him the enemy right mm. uh, like like they made him the enemy of chicago that night he they he stood for everything that they did not want and that the crowd that was then coming into wwe this smarter crowd that knew of daniel bryan and knew of cm punk before they even hit wwe they looked at john cena was like this is the guy that we're tired of this is what needs to change this is very much a like a a thing in time because 10 years later john cena comes back at the end of money in the bank and gets one of the biggest pop reactions that i've ever heard um but but it is it is very very uh very different um a lot was made 5 years before this event when they did uh what was it e- the ECW one night stand event where John mm-hmm. Cena faced Rob Van Dam that uh, it was yeah. the New York Hammerstein Ballroom uh and again um link with money in the bank because that mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam had that title shot cuz he'd won the ladder match hadn't he exactly um obviously very similar situation John Cena's headed into territory that does not like him. They fully mm. reject what John Cena stands for. Um, but this here at Money in the Bank 2011 is that reaction, maybe not as visceral, but but that same reaction on steroids because that the the uh, the arena that they're at in Chicago is easily 
probably at least four or five times larger than the the you know the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah. yeah. So you know when when you hear John Cena getting booed, it's echoing all the way around the arena. Oh, without like it, it's it's great. Even the introductions that that are made, then you get the same reactions to the to the competitors there. Um, and they will actually start, despite being in this cauldron of passion and noise and excitement. We actually start with some pretty standard, straightforward, actual wrestling, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, a, a few headlocks, uh, a few counters, and but I think that sort of telegraphs how long they're going to go because the, ma- the match clock's in at a good 30 35 minutes and then mm. you've got the the, the afters uh, tagged on the end as well mm. so they're right there for quite a while and they do start relatively slow but they build and they build and they build and by the end you're on the edge of your seat um with how these two absolutely absolute masters at their game are, are telling this incredible story mm-hmm yeah, this is a, a, a really um, interesting case study uh, because a lot of people, uh, they look to, and, and, and I say this here because doing my homework uh, on doing for, for, for this show here, um, I went and watched some of the segments from when CM Punk did the StarCast show um, for, for AEW a few years back. Well, AEW. Um, and (laughs) quote unquote, um, and he was talking about how, when they were kicking off the match as per tradition, the heel would typically call the the match like the, the, the veteran. So CM Punk was talking about how, you know, you know, he gets seen in the headlock and then he, he hears Cena trying to start call the match and (laughs) and the moves that go and Punk's like, uh, I'm calling this one. This is look, I, I've got this. This is fine, John. And John, surprised, kind of accepts it and goes along with with Punk here. Um, people talk up how this is like one of those defining moments in CM Punk's career. This is also a defining match for John Cena. He really comes out here and and tells maybe not with all the moves, right? But but he he does tell a great match in terms of his desperation to win and not just mm. win not just win for Vince or for WWE necessarily but just kind of win for himself because of how personal punk got in the feud it seemed yeah um you know Cena using his dominance you know physically um his his strength his speed he, he all the way around he was better physically than punk but Punk just kept finding ways to work around it. Mm. Yeah. Um, we get, oh, oh the, very, very quickly, we get a, a, a one of the most ridiculous WWE lines of commentary I think I've ever heard, where Cole tries to explain the audience reaction and, and the adoration for Punk being down to brainwashing, because that's yeah. what Punk does. Just shut up. <laughs> just nonsense, <laughs> you know? Um yeah. Cena's in control relatively early on for, for a period. Um, and he's getting chance of you can't wrestle and so on. Well, I actually think he's doing quite a good job out there. Um, and then we start upping the tempo, upping the pace a bit, don't we? We get mm. a crossbody um, from CM Punk from the top that kind of miss 
misses to a degree and he hits uh cena's knees which is looks like it's then bothering cena throughout the rest of the match there's a vertical suplex from inside the ring to the outside to the floor which is quite spectacular um there's another great pop as well where Cena goes for the whole you can't see me five knuckle shuffle fist drop moment and as he leans over Punk kicks him in the face to stop it happening and the crowd just explode again don't they yeah 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 um, that was a that was another interesting thing that that I uh, rewatched from from Starcast is uh, there's a moment in the interview where Punk is explaining you know how. Uh, he would discuss these things with John about the match and how to set it up and the layout of, of everything. And he, he he mentions a part in it where he breaks down to John the psychology of the five-knuckle shuffle. This is Punk, obviously, talking to, to Cena through this. And he's like, why hasn't anybody ever just like kicked you in the head? Because like, you're doing <laughs> all these theatrics and everything. I mean, why? Why not? And it, apparently, it never occurred to to Cena, so he he went for it, and you know, lo and behold, great moment. That sounds. I've never seen anything of this. The Starcast um, interviews. They've done like three or four of these events now, haven't they? Yeah. Um, with lots of interviews and so on. I've seen the odd clip, but never watched anything all the way through. It's something I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to check out. I think it seems very interesting. Um, yeah, we get a big running knee strike to Cena's face as well, don't we? That looks like it's done some serious damage there because he they show on a replay he proper clocks John Cena with his knee there, doesn't he? It's more than snug. It was more <laughs> than, it was uh, it, it looked brutal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we see John Cena's version of the STF, which is. Uh, Anyone who's heard me on any show before is fully aware that I bloody despise that. Um, <laughs> yeah. End up, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> we end up with a pretty cool exchange where they're going for the AA, then they go to sleep, then the STF, then into a submission from Punk, into an AA again, um, which leads to a really close two count and the crowd just explode again when Punk actually kicks out of Cena's finisher there. Um, Cena's top rope leg drop is a move that it looks clumsy. It looks not quite right, but somehow it just works and I really like it. Yeah, he doesn't bust it out a whole lot. Um, no. But like in the big moments, he does. And I... And yeah, I, I've never really thought about it looking very clumsy. Maybe it's the jean shorts. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly, uh, yeah. <laughs> but him him flying through the air to do a leg drop on a standing or bent over opponent isn't the thing that you like immediately associate John Cena with. But um, like you said, he does it effectively well. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think Cena... A lot of the things Cena does is kind of looks clunky and slightly off somehow. Like when he does a suplex, yeah. for example, a vertical suplex, yeah. he doesn't grab the trunks. He, he almost does a fisherman suplex with the leg each time uh, and stuff. It's always not exactly how you'd picture it, but it yeah. all kind of works for him, I think. Yeah, it's just a different way of, of doing things, right? Like, you know... Um you don't have to use the dryer. You can just hang up your clothes on, you know, uh, like the clothes hangers, right? Like, 
just different ways of doing things, I guess. A bit odd, maybe, but you could do it. I've, I've done... <laughs> between, between chain wrestling, this show, the SJP Wrestling Podcast, and a few other shows I've guested on, I've done over 100 podcasts. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anyone use drying clothes as a metaphor for any form of wrestling before. So that's a, that's a new one for me. So well done, Tanner. That was brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate um, <laughs> We I don't get. know why I went there either, but it it, <laughs> it, it kind it kind of works, <laughs> just like the John Cena moves. I think yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just clunky, yeah. like yeah, full, full circle. There we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> finally, Punk hits the go to sleep, which sadly sends John Cena to the outside, um, mm. which is when we get Vince McMahon and old Johnny Ace arriving. Um, Cena cinches on the stf um and we get almost a, a tease for the montreal screw job don't we where vince McMahon's screaming for the bell which i thought was a nice little throwback because you, you could see this sort of thing happening uh, in the sort of thing he would do obviously because he's got previous so um yeah. but good old superhero john he won't have that will he that, that's not how things are gonna go down on his watch so he hops out the ring gives lauren Otis a bit of a slap shouts at mcmahon climbs back in the ring and gets nailed to a go to sleep on the way back in for a massive reaction from the fans as the referee counts to three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and again, this is all in the backdrop of, um, you know, CM Punk's contract expiring. And if he wins the title, he's, he threatened, you know, that he's going to take it with him, that he's, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it's his, and he's, he's not letting anybody have it back for, for any reason. Um, so, all the while, throughout this show, with it being a, a partisan Chicago crowd, with Michael Cole crowing on commentary about all the the horrors of CM Punk and how he's brainwashed <laughs> millions of children uh, and, and, and your friends around the world into liking him, um, I think what this does is it just created that little bit of excitement that little bit of anarchy almost of we have no idea what's going to happen now Mm -hmm. because this does not happen we're used to lol john cena wins yeah and this time he didn't do it and now punk's got this title he's talked about doing all these things and his contract in story is very much up at this point and he runs through the crowd. He holds up the title, um, you know, and and he's he's running he's he's running around the ring and holding up the title. And it's just a, a a very interesting moment where nobody really knows exactly what to make of it, except yeah. the crowd in Chicago have fully embraced this. Yeah, definitely. Punk celebrating, and and it is something. I remember watching the show live and thinking, well, what do they? do here where unbeknown to most of us punk had actually re-signed a contract his contract was due to expire on this day in yes. reality but he'd re-signed shortly before um yeah the day of is yeah is the, what yeah. he has said mm-hmm. yeah um but we didn't know this we're thinking well where do we go from here what happens now well, well, this is surreal um and then McMahon starts calling for Alberto Del Rio to come down and cash in his briefcase. Mm-hmm. So straight away, I'm sat at home in my armchair thinking, ah, right, that's how they're going to do it then. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. A little bit disappointed. So Del Rio jumps in the ring just to be greeted by one of CM Punk's 
feet straight in his face. Yeah. Punk grabs the belt, blows McMahon a kiss, waves to everyone, Tala, and off he goes. Um, and it made Monday Night Raw the following day absolute must-watch television. Mm-hmm. When Punk didn't turn up, and they kind of didn't really acknowledge what was going on, um, and they'd set up a tournament to crown a new champion, without really mentioning Punk too much, um, it made the following week must-see television. And then when Punk finally did arrive, again, that made the following week must-see television. And it's not... It's just not that way anymore for me. Um, this hmm. There was cliffhangers on the end of each episode. There was drama. There was real story. There was a real reason to have to tune in. You could not miss Monday Night Raw because of what was going on with CM Punk, Vince McMahon, John Cena, and so on. And for me, that, that just makes this pay-per-view spectacular it makes this whole cm punk the summer of punk story amazing um and i, I just loved everything about wrestling at, at this point in my life don't I? Mm. oh yeah i mean this was a real jumping off point especially for the internet wrestling fan uh because you know cm punk's wins yet nobody really knows what to make of it mm. um like like outside of, they don't know what the next step is um punk previously did something very similar in ring of honor where on uh i think his last night contracted to ring of honor he won the world championship from austin aries and then he you know um it was hugely celebrated and then he had the the summer of punk where he just defended the title and he signed the wwe contract on the ring of honor title and all this and that so it was one of those things on a on very much a micro scale of like we have no idea what punk's going to do next like Mm. what what's the next step what's the next big thing that he's going to do and this was very much the same way because we heard him going to small indie shows and taking the title with him, not being like, you know, performing at them, but he, he would take the title to a show and he'd be in the crowd or he'd be backstage or they'd invite him out, whatever it is. And he would just have fun, right? Like you just never knew where CM Punk was going to show up next. Um, there's the infamous picture of him uh, putting the WWE championship in his fridge like it just sitting there amongst all of his groceries, <laughs> like you know, like you just never knew what CM Punk was gonna do. Um, with this, I feel like they really rushed it to have him back when they yeah. shouldn't. When they shouldn't have, um, and then everything after that just seems like they didn't really know what to do. Like they caught lightning in a bottle, and then they just freaked out and giggled and threw it, and it just exploded. <laughs> um, so, yeah. it. Um, this show just feels like they did everything right compared mm-hmm. to now where it feels like so often they don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're correct. Um as always, when we've looked back at a pay-per-view on this show, we give it uh, an old-school kind of school grading, I guess. Um, a, B, C, D minus, whatever. Um, Tanner, where, where does this sit with you, my friend? Uh, on the big scale of things, in the, in if an A++ or an A star is the best show you've ever seen and uh, an F minus is something dreadful, Here whereabouts... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereabouts does uh does this sit with you? Oh man. Um gosh. 
this this show, like I said at the very beginning, has a very special place in my heart. Um, you know, just because of you know me being a big fan of CM Punk, me really like you know um, kind of having wrestling brought back, being brought back into wrestling, and and just like really enjoying wrestling at this time and enjoying what punk was doing and how different it was from everything else that wwe had not only been doing in 2011 but for years years they were Uh doing this same kind of crap and it just got so old and seeing where punk came from uh you know in wwe and even before that in and you know ring of honor and um you know other like smaller promotions it's just an overall really good show all the way through the main event if you like have like fun ladder matches obviously this has got it going on uh if you're a christian fan uh, you know, uh, you know, you've got a really fun moment here. Uh, like I said, the Randy Orton Christian match is highly underrated. Mm. There's really a little bit of something for everybody on this show. Um, so while it might not be the best ever show that I've seen in my life, I feel as though there's, like I said, there's really not much to hate on here. Um, so I, I, I have to give it like an A plus, right? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I've gone a touch lower, but still uh, very, very high for a rating that I've given. I don't think I've ever gone as high as this before. Um, I've gone A minus because it is fantastic. It is brilliant. And uh, the main event, like I said before, I'll watch two or three times a year because I just adore it. It's it's superb. The ladder matches, great moments. Okay, they're spot fests. Fair enough. You can't tell a great story in a ladder match, I suppose, unless you're Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall. But it's they're both. There's enough there to entertain. The yeah. Christian match, as you said, Tanner, fantastic as well. Um, the women's match and the Mark Henry Big Show match. It's not something I'd really rush back to watch again. So that's probably why I can't go top top marks. Mm. So that kind of knocks it down a little bit, but I think A minus because it is still a bloody great pay per view. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and and I've actually got a a, a a bit of a question for you. I don't, I don't know if if, if your if your guests like typically ask you questions, but can, can I ask you a question? Yeah, crack on, far away. All right. So um, a lot is made about this show and specifically about the main event. Uh, obviously we talked about it in relation to punk and in relation to Cena. Um, but I did a little bit of research here and, um, yeah, I, it'd be remiss if I didn't cause a little bit of controversy by bringing up uncle Dave. So Dave, okay. Dave Meltzer, uh, prior to this match had only ranked one other match in WWE, uh, five stars, um, uh, or, or rather, the most recent match that he ranked five stars was Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1997, prior oh. to, to this one here. WrestleMania um, 13, that would have been, I suppose, wouldn't it? Yes, WrestleMania 13. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Money in the Bank 2011 is a far, far way away uh, from from 1997 WWF. Mm. Um, and nowadays, we tend to get the... Um, you know, like a million five star or six star matches from you know Dave Meltzer when he watches New Japan, right? Yeah. Um, my question to you is: ten years on, does this match 
still hold up and and is it deserving of this five star moniker? Um, yeah, I think so. I think watching back today, um, the big thing that stands out in my memory of this of this match and this pay per view is is the crowd. That makes mm. a huge a huge thing for me. That the, the reaction to Punk, the reaction to Cena, the crowd during the main event, uh, just the whole thing about it and and that atmosphere. But today, I really sat and made notes of the actual match itself, as opposed to just getting carried away with what I was seeing and the emotion and the passion from the audience. And the match is much, much better than what I remembered it being for an actual in-ring product, for want of a better term. So mm-hmm. for me, yes, I think so. For me, it's it's it deserves top top marks because it's got a bit of everything. I think mm-hmm. it's it's got it's got all the high spots you would want the the, the false finishes, the, the the drama, the drama. Yeah, everything about. I think it tells a fantastic story. Um, it's it's a it's quite a battle as well uh, over half an hour which i quite enjoy i don't like long matches for the sake of long matches but if they're telling a good story then i think they need enough time um i i, I think so i think it does warrant being up there still what, what are your thoughts yeah I, I mean i think at the time um i was very much like wow that's actually like like really really good um like like good for wwe good for punk like this might actually be like a like a good turning point in you know like how wwe is perceived because we're talking about not only the first time since you know um i almost said undertaker uh, the first time since stone cold and bret hart uh, had that no holds barred match in 1997 mm-hmm. that 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 they get this five star match and this acclaim by Meltzer who is who at the time genuinely did not give a whole lot of five star matches right maybe maybe one a year if at all right um, but I think he's got I think there's a level of bias with Meltzer as well isn't there he, he does come across quite anti WWE I mean that when you look mm-hmm. at certain matches from from NXT. Um, and, and other contests. I mean, the Shawn Michaels Undertaker match, for example, many yeah. people cite that as being one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. Yeah. Even that didn't get five agree. stars. And I I think there is a, whether it's intentional or mm-hmm. subconsciously or something, um, there, I think there is a, some form of bias against WWE with his ratings. Oh yeah. Well, and and everybody has their own preference and their own taste, right? Mm. Like if he 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 does if you like I'm looking here on the Wikipedia page for it, uh which is literally titled List of Professional Wrestling Matches Rated 5 or More Stars by Dave Meltzer. Right. It's okay. A, it's a real Wikipedia. You can go and check it out. Plus they cite all the sources with his own um pages, right? Um but yeah, you get a ton of like New Japan Pro Wrestling and All Japan Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. and um Ring of Honor is on here a few times um but yeah i mean wwe up until that point uh, i mean it took them almost two decades to to have another five-star rating from them and this is actually the first five-star rated match that he put down for the uh 2000 aughts uh, or the two the 2010s rather um so you know i mean this is a really good I guess feel good thing here if you're a WWE fan that you kind of get one over even on Meltzer uh, <laughs> for, for for having this one, um, but like you go through and like 
you don't get another one until maybe Andrade versus Johnny Gargano at NXT, right? Mm. Like there's there's a ton of matches that he watches and reviews and obviously great work for him, but you know, for for a large subsection of wrestling fans who go off of a dirt sheets word or a podcast word like ours, hey, should I go and watch the show? Is this match worth it? You know, what do you think of it? I mean, there's a lot of influence, and I yeah. feel like like this is validation, right? This is validation for Punk. This is validation for even Cena, who I think this is his only five star rated match uh, for. I would imagine like, so. I'd, I'd imagine he hasn't got many. <laughs> <laughs> there's not many, mm. um, but yeah, no. This is a. I, I feel like this match does hold up well, even if you're used to all of the you know uh the niceties of a new japan or an aew um you know i i feel like this match really does hold up well yeah i agree i strongly suggest if anyone has not seen this or even if you have seen it and not checked it out in a long time go back and watch the main event especially um the if sod it go watch the whole event it's well worth it i had a good a good just shy of three hours this afternoon watching that back it was it was it was great stuff and i'm really glad uh, well, on, on a couple of different reasons, really. I'm really glad to have you joining me today, Tana, as I restart the uh, SJP Wrestling Pod. I'm, I'm looking forward to it being with Radio Techers uh, going forward. And I'm really grateful that you're here to help me start this back up again. And I'm really grateful you picked this pay-per-view as our topic because I had a bloody great time watching it back. Um, do you want to just let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online, my friend? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, well, and, and thank you for obviously inviting me again. It, like it's been a true honor and a pleasure to be here on your your restart of this journey. And um, like like we said at the top, like um, I knew that you and Mags made great content together on Chain Wrestling, um, and I was really excited at the prospect of having you know you on board with radio techers and now that you're streaming on the on the channel and everything it's really like super exciting um and like i said i I, at the end of the day i'm just a fan not only of of great content but great content creators and when you offered this opportunity i had to to jump on board so thank you personally for for oh well you're, you're very kind you're very kind thank you um so uh for for me where can you find me um i'm usually perusing a liquor store uh sometime around <laughs> this, um no um you can find me online at, at twitter uh, uh on twitter at texas gentleman underscore t-e-x-a-s-g-e n-t-l-e-n-a-n <laughs> underscore i'm used to doing the radio techers one and i just like don't do my personal um but yeah you can find me there if you want to hit me up on my personal one at texas gentleman underscore or you can also hit me up just at the reg- uh, regular radio techers uh handle which is r-a-d-i-o-t-e-k-k-e-r-s uh we talk uh proper football we talk uh, about premier league uh games we do watch alongs we talk about news we talk about transfers we talk about tactics and all sorts of fun stuff we often break down and talk about food and 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 and, and strange things um but it's a good time it's it's your source for alternate football commentary because we all need a break away from uh from from the the um, the norms in life from time to time. So you can find me there. Um, and then, uh, obviously, if you're listening to this, 
you know, go ahead and hit up, uh, you know, hit us up on uh, the the YouTube and Twitch channels uh, for Radio Techers, where you can get uh, streaming content not only for uh, football but also uh, uh, chain wrestling, of course. But yes, that you're, that you're <laughs> part of, and uh, five rounds with Mags as well. So you get a lot of great content with us. You do, and I, I do really uh, want to stress that people go and. Uh, subscribe like all that good stuff the radio techers youtube and twitch as tanner explained as he said there's gaming content there's football there's ufc there's awesome content creators there um the sjp wrestling podcast is going to be on that channel as well now chain wrestling live on a monday so much brilliant brilliant stuff coming your way oh uh, the waiting room with benny and i coming soon as well discussing our love for cheesy old late 80s sci-fi and quantum leap um just yeah, i'm excited to hear that one man like uh, i've never seen a... this show so ah, I'm like, okay i'm gonna have to watch along with you guys and like listen yep. back and be like oh yeah okay i can see where they're going with it yeah yep. keep so. um plug through season one there's only nine episodes <laughs> there's some good moments but some a bit wobbly moments as well but when you right. get through season one and we get into season two that's when the show really kicks off and it just i love it it was great but yeah Sweet. that's that's uh all the stuff that you can find on radio techers brilliant content creators such as tanner himself magsy matt willis um carlos uh, it's too many to mention mate too many to mention yeah um we're, we're really an all-star cast all of us put together here and and it's 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 a it's a feel-good show it's a feel-good uh network uh that that anybody and, and everybody can fall in love with exactly there's a little bit of something for everybody um you can find me at sjp words on twitter and you can find the show at sjp wrestling pod on instagram facebook and twitter um not gonna lie i nearly forgot what the twitter handle was for the show because it's been that long since i've said it so but it, it is there at, at sjp wrestling pod um seek out radio techers as well at radio techers on twitter follow the uh youtube and everything else as well um and that i suppose concludes our episode today so tanner thank you so so much for joining me and to everyone else thank you for listening I'm losing you. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? You good? You're breaking up quite a bit. You're breaking up quite a bit. Okay, hold, um, hold, hold real quick. Am I coming through okay to you? You you are now. Can you hear me? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I got you now. Uh, you got me okay now? Yeah, I can hear you perfect. Why is this not working, you piece of shit? Hmm.